0: Hey, it's Eric Hulker and welcome to another episode of the Michigan's Best Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Stanley Steamer of Detroit, a proud sponsor of the MLive Feeding the Frontline Initiative. Stanley Steamer of Detroit remains your local partner in clean. They are open to serve cleaning, disinfection, and restoration needs for their customers. And Stanley Steamer has introduced an EPA-registered disinfectant cleaner to their cleaning process, which is highly effective on all surfaces. Call 1-800-STEAMER with two E's for a deep cleaning and disinfection of your home or business. It's also brought to you by Women's Life Insurance Society. With Women's Life Insurance Society, you can get the life insurance and annuity products you need to protect your family's financial security with the added benefit of helping those in need in your community. Choose planning ahead and giving back. Choose Woman's Life. And this is a fun episode because my guest is the one, the only, Amy Sherman. Amy, how are you? I'm
1: doing great, Eric. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I,
0: this is fun because you and I don't often get to do this, right? We're either interviewing other people, but we don't get to interview each other. So uh, first, thank you for making the time uh, from what you're doing day in and day out. I uh, would be remiss if I didn't ask, uh, how is, uh, how's your body responding to not having donuts 24-7-365? <laughs>
1: It's pretty happy, <laughs> <lie>. <laughs> but it was it was so much fun to go out there and to do that, especially getting to meet the business owners and everything. But but I'm not gonna lie, all that <laughs> sugar was wrecking me.
0: <laughs> well, we uh we are here to talk about something um much different than donuts per se, uh, and, and I want to go back a couple months because. Currently, we're we're not as a culture we're not doing a very good job of, of kind of looking in the rearview mirror. But I want to go back to what I believe was in April if not late March. Uh, you were part of this group that said, "Hey, um, as this coronavirus and this pandemic and this lockdown is happening, there there are two things moving, and and I think you were actually at the forefront of explaining these two things. One, restaurants need some respite, and two, these frontline employees probably need." meals because they're working really long shifts and they're not having a lot of time to eat. And so out of that was born this idea of feeding the front lines. Can you talk a little bit about those early days before the execution, which I certainly want to talk about, but kind of where it came from and and how it landed on feeding the front lines?
1: Sure. Well, as everything was going down, as you said, in the spring, um, I was personally panicking for my restaurant friends, for our members of the Michigan's Best family. Um, you could just see what you know. Everyone didn't. They, no one knew what to do. Everyone they were you know they were shut down to any in dining or in you know in person dining. A lot tried to do takeout or trans you know transformed that, um, but it it wasn't enough, it was nowhere near enough. And so I was brainstorming, brainstorming, what could we as a community do to help these restaurant partners? Um, And then I talked to a friend of mine who is um, an emergency room nurse, and she was like, you know, we are being worked like dogs. We we want to be here, but we're not getting breaks. We're not getting food. We might go a 12, 14 hour shift without eating. And I'm like, there has to be an answer here that we could help both sides. And so as we kind of discussed it, my goal wasn't to ask these restaurants to donate the food. So often we turn to restaurants to donate for a sports team, for an event, uh, for a charitable cause. And right now they were the charity that needed help. And so we really wanted to find outside sponsors that would pay for the food to help the restaurants give them a boost and then to say thank you to frontline workers who needed our help so desperately.
0: And then on May 6th, we executed, it was 2,250 meals across 16 restaurants and 22 hospitals. And you were a part of of all of that logistical, you know, which only can be described as sort of a logistical nightmare to make that stuff happen. But can you talk about, well, I mean, people don't understand, yeah. right? We, we do a thing, but then you actually have to execute the thing. And, and nearly 2,500 meals across 22 hospitals with 16 different restaurants, that's a dance that requires... A lot of finesse. So, it can you talk? Of- can you talk about that and, and what happened?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It, did, it required a lot, and we couldn't have done it without the whole team at um, Mlag Media Group, who really worked hard on this. Um, first of all, they went out and found incredible sponsors um, to purchase these meals for our frontline workers, and the sponsors were so generous and so interested and willing to help their community. Um, they wanted to help both sides. They love having these um locally owned restaurants um, to support their community and they love their healthcare workers. So for them it was a win-win. So first we found that then we found um the hospitals that wanted the meals. We didn't want to show up with meals that were unwanted. So we made sure we had that we really tried to find a mix of um types of places. Everything from um nursing homes, long-term care facilities, to rooms, psychiatric wards. We've kind of hit the game. And we picked different times too. So we didn't have them all coming at lunchtime. Some came in the morning for breakfast, some came in the uh, evening for dinner. So different shifts to experience the free meals, which was super cool, I thought. And then I helped put together all the Restaurants, and we tried to pick uh, restaurants that have participated in Michigan's Best before, and we arranged with them to come up with a great meal um, that would be delivered fresh to these people. So it was quite a dance, as you said, and I have to give a shout out to Monica Donahue, who totally managed everything, and John Gonzalez who helped them out on the back end as well. But Monica is the master behind all of this; she's absolutely incredible and kept everything organized. We got everything there on time. Everything was you know, fresh, healthy. And then it was cool because we had the hospitals and the restaurants share photos and reactions to the meals and to feeding the front lines. So we got to hear firsthand from some of the nurses and doctors, um, their thanks, as well as the sponsors, you know, joy in being able to to give something like this. So it was really cool to have that personal interaction um, at the end of it.
0: And then fast forward 90 days, we got to do it again on a smaller scale with founders where we did 500 meals. Can you talk about how how that kind of came to be?
1: Yeah, Founders was very interested in giving back to the communities where they have their breweries, Grand Rapids and Detroit. They had been trying to think of ways to do this um, that would also involve um, donating some of their food. we partnered with them and we did it over five weeks. It was once a week on Fridays in both Detroit and in Grand Rapids. So although it was smaller, it was still a very personal uh, thing for Founders um, as a company and as a community partner uh, to be able to do this. And so we got to spread the joy a little bit more.
0: And that brings us to present day, as as these coronavirus cases are ticking up here in Grand Rapids, where you and I are located, Spectrum Health, the facility there, is, is at capacity already, and we're not even to Thanksgiving. And so the need is here again, and, and so are we. So can you talk about this third phase of feeding the front lines and, and what we can expect?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of us right now are kind of feeling that pandemic malaise or that pandemic like... I just want to be done this and it is nowhere near done in fact as you said those numbers are rising um and i think what's really happening this time is that as much as we're feeling kind of burnout on this healthcare workers are certainly burnt <laughs> on this i mean and what's ha- happening in these hospitals i know my next door neighbor is an emergency room doctor and it, it, it is hard it is really hard what they have to do it is hard um you know some of them can't even come home to their families after they work uh you know a 14 hour shift because of the risk and and it's not letting up anytime soon and so we felt it was super important especially in this season of giving to bring back feeding the front lines another couple times um to remind everyone these guys are still out there working like crazy for us they are ready you know and willing to do whatever they can to make sure that we can be healthy and safe. And they deserve this now more than ever. And so to not forget about them was I think very important for all of us at MLive.
0: And then the other question I want to ask you before I let you go is what is the, the temperature with the restaurants? As we're heading back into winter, the the cases, as you said, are ticking up. In certain cities around Michigan, they're investing money to try and figure out how to eat outside in the winter. But by and large, you know, an, an umbrella feeling. What are the restaurants feeling right now as we're heading into December, January, February?
1: Incredible worry. I mean, they are they – are they are very worried. As much as we, you know, a lot of them did, did a great job this summer of being able to eat outside. That's all about to end. Um, they've tried some different options, whether it's heaters, whether it's igloos, none of it is going to make up for um, losing that indoor dining. And the, as, as numbers go up, we might, in fact, lose indoor dining again. And um, it, it isn't easy at all for them. And I think there's going to be a lot of hard decisions that will have to be made over the next couple months. So what we can say to you is to please support your locally owned restaurants in any way that you can. If you don't feel comfortable eating in, then order takeout, order a couple times a week, um, get gift cards right now. Um, but really, it is now is the time because between now and the end of the year, um, with these numbers changing and with the weather changing, it's going to be a very hard time for our friends in the restaurant industry.
0: Amy Sherman, part of the Michigan's Best team. It is always a pleasure to have a second to chat with you. I will let you get back at it. Have an awesome day.
1: Thanks, Eric. See ya.